Welcome to Cat Tales. Episode 2. Believing is Seeing. Hi, this is Kathy White. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about how our beliefs impact our life. I myself am desperately seeking an extraordinary life, but somehow my actions don't really seem like that. In the last 15 years, I have started reading everything that I can get my hands on. If it's talked about anything about belief, self-help, becoming a better person, law of attraction, anything that says, hey, you're not where you need to be, let's get you there. I've had my hands on it or I've tried to buy it. I've gone to seminars and trainings, as many as I can afford and some that I couldn't afford. I bought online books, courses, and CDs, read, listened, watched, watched uh, documentaries on Netflix, regular TV, whatever I can, can to just see if I can't get a better life. If it promises that it'll take me from average to extraordinary, chances are I've looked at it or tried to find it or read it. I think I knew from a very young age that I was supposed to do something special with my life. I don't know. Does every child think that? I I felt like it when I was younger. Yeah, I'm supposed to do something great. I just knew it. When I was younger, I was pretty sure I was the smartest one of my siblings. At the time, I just had my three sisters. We were all a year apart. And I don't know why I thought it, but I thought I was smarter than everybody else. Don't get upset, sisters. I just want you to know, I know I'm not smarter than you are. I wasn't then, I'm not now, and I probably never will be. You guys are, are absolutely intelligent. And then now my brother, who was born when I was 15, is, is with us as well. Don't think I'm smarter than him either. My childhood was great. Um, my family, pretty much, I mean, I think my mom and dad treated me like I was intelligent. You know, they made the rules pretty much, but we, they didn't treat any of us like we were idiot kids or anything like that. My, and my great-grandmother, she let me know pretty, sh- pretty soon in my life that I was going to be Miss America. So, I was pretty sure I was beautiful, right? I mean, grandmothers don't just tell their granddaughters they're going to be Miss America if it's not steeped in some sort of reality, right? They, they aren't partial to us or anything. They wouldn't lie to us. They wouldn't see beauty in us that wasn't there, right? I mean, okay, so I was a little girl, so I thought it was all very true. I did have deep dimples that uh, brought out the cute in my face. I had chunky little cheeks, and which made the dimples even deeper. And I smiled a lot. I don't know if it was because of the dimples or if, if I smiled or if the dimples just made me smile, or if I just smiled, so therefore you saw the dimples. You don't know which, which way it was. But not to mention, I had a little bit of a spunky personality, which was a little bit different than my siblings, because my other three sisters, they were pretty shy. My brother, never. He was never shy. Of course, he was raised with four teenage sisters. How could he be shy? So anyways, because, you know, I kind of stood out a little bit, it must be true, I must have been going to be Miss America. Was it, it was in my destiny. It was in my path. It was going to happen. Um, just by the way, no, it didn't. I did not get to be Miss America. Um, wasn't even enough pageants to do that. But anyway, so I guess to me back then, I was meant to do something great, something extraordinary in my life. 
I had great parents that loved each one of my siblings and me equally. They probably loved us differently because we had very different personalities. And I know some people think that you've got that parents have got favorites, but it's just not true. We don't have favorites. But we, we deal with each child in the way that they deal best. So I had a great childhood. I grew up on my parents' farm. We worked on the farm and we worked in our home. It was a great place to learn, grow, learn discipline, um, and build an amazing imagination, just an amazing life. We could turn scraps of tree bark into boats for our kingdoms with rock people, and we'd float them across the pond and meet them on the other side. The woods became our forest homes. We would play like we were fairies or or trolls, or just regular people that got stuck in the woods. It was just fun. And the hills and valleys of the, of the cleared fields, they became my stage for my musicals. I ran around like Julie Andrews in the, in the Sound of Music. I sang, I sang, I sang. There was always a heart in my, there was always a song in my heart. Never left. So, I mean, in my childhood, even when I was in school, I really, I mean, grade school, I really thought that I was still going to be something great. I don't know that I thought I was better than other people. I mean, the world kind of set me, set me straight on that a little bit, as it, as it tends to. But I still had hopes, you know, thoughts that I'd get there. And there's things that have happened in my, in my teenage years and early adulthood that probably have shaped me somewhat. But you fast forward to where I am today. I, I'm living a, at best an ordinary life. So, I mean, if I was an exhibit, you'd be like, keep on moving, nothing to look at here. You know, it's just ordinary. You've seen it before a thousand times. Keep walking. That's my life right now. I mean, the people that love me hang out with me. But it's not extraordinary. It's not bad. I got a great job. I can pay my bills. I can help my kids when I need to. Um, got a house. So, I mean, it's not a bad life. It's just not extraordinary, and I knew that's what it was going to be. I often wonder what that little girl would say to me if she saw me. Would little Kathy say, what the heck happened? Would she be disappointed in me? I think so. I think she would say, hey, I had you all set up. You know, cute dimples, great smile, kind of a funky personality. How are you living an ordinary life? You were supposed to stand out. How are you just fitting in? Just not, something's not right. What the hell happened? Wait a minute. This wasn't the plan. It was supposed to be easy. She thought it was. I've even thought it was supposed to be easy. She really thought she had it in the bag. All, everything that I needed to get noticed was there, right? How is it that most of the world, I mean, really a lot of the world, has no idea who I am? It kind of leads me back to what my topic is today, beliefs. Do you know where your beliefs come from? I mean, it sounds like I had pretty good beliefs when I was a little girl. Things were going to be great. I had, I had everything I needed. But our beliefs are ideas and thoughts that we accept as the truth. They should guide us and influence us in our decisions. 
They impact our interpretations of the world. Sometimes what we see is impacted by what we believe is true. If I believe the world is colorful, I'm going to see more colors than if I believe things are black and white. A lot of our beliefs are formed by our experiences, experiences that we have as children, experiences that we have as adults. And sometimes our beliefs are formed just because we hear truths from others. They've never lied to us before. It must be true. Our environments that we grow up in, the families that raise us, even the events that occur in our life play a big role in how beliefs are formed. Think about this. A lot of our beliefs are formed in our childhood. Sometimes they're based on traumatic experiences, sometimes just emotional experiences. Sometimes we have beliefs that we don't even remember. Our beliefs get anchored in emotions based on thoughts and ideas that have come into our life. Sometimes we don't even remember what our beliefs are. Sometimes they're in the background, preventing us from getting where we want to be, and we don't even know they exist. Let's say I believe that it's wrong or selfish to put my own needs before anybody else's, especially if there's people in need. I'm going to struggle always to take care of myself, especially because there's always someone in need. Always someone that needs my money, my time, than I, more than I do. Again, there's beliefs about money. Most of them are conflicting. We all want money. Got to have it. Got to live. Want extra money because, you know, it'd be nice to be rich. But then we hear that it's the root of all evil. It's not easy because, you know, it doesn't grow on trees. Most people that are rich are dishonest. They're crooks. Sometimes we hear, you can't even get to heaven if you're rich. I mean, okay. So I'm like working hard every day, going to a job, trying to make money. And then somewhere in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, if I make too much money... I may burn in hell. <laughs> I mean, come on. Are you going to make extra? Do you go without in this life? Or do you burn in hell for eternity? I mean, really, eternity's a good while. <laughs> so, like, forever? <laughs> I've always wanted my beliefs to be that I stand out, that I make a difference, that I do something, that I have a mission, I have a purpose, and I will fulfill it. I really think that God gave me gifts and talents, and I'm supposed to share them. Not only that, I've had experiences in life that I could share with others to maybe make their lives better. I feel like my beliefs should be, hey, you're something great. You're going to stand out. You can do more than this. You've got, you've got great things to do. But right now, I kind of feel like these are some of my beliefs. Somehow I think I have learned that taking care of others is more important than taking care of myself. Also, always yield to those who are unbending. You know, to bullies and people that know it all. Don't fight. I mean, don't leave the conflict to somebody else. 
If people are not going to give in anyways, why waste your breath? Give it up. And for gosh sake, take care of everybody else. Please, everybody, be a people pleaser. If you don't, no one will love you. And the one that I think that stands out the most when I talk about that I think I should be doing more in my life that I should have an extraordinary life is this one. I feel like I have a belief that says stay in the middle of the pack. If no one notices me, then I can't be ridiculed or can't get in trouble. Ooh, better yet, I'll never get held accountable. So I've kind of searched some of my background, my history, just to see if maybe I could come up with where this belief came from. Maybe this is it. I remember this as a child, and I just want to let you know that I had the best parents ever. I've said that before. And anything that goes on in my childhood, any stories, they would have never wanted me to have these type of beliefs. They've always believed in me and always will. They support me, and I couldn't ask for better parents. But a story that sticks out in my brain, and I can't even tell you how old I was. We used to go to my Papa Thompson's house. My dad was one of 11, and I believe on this occasion that there was something special going on because it seemed like all of my aunts and uncles were there. You know what that means? All the aunts and uncles are there, so that means all the cousins are there. I'm telling you, that's heaven for kids, right? I always play with my siblings, but it was always nice to have extras. You know, because some of them was younger than me, and I could be the king, the queen, the the lead. I could lead them around. So, we're going through the house. I don't even remember what we were doing. Follow the leader? I don't know if it was a follow the leader or what it was. But one of my aunts said, please stop running in the house. Mind you, my parents taught us that when, when an adult tells us to do something, we do it. So... Somehow, this group of pe- these group of kids, I end up in the very, very back of them because I'm walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a little bit quick, of course. I mean, I didn't creep, but I was walking, so I was following the order, but everyone else continued to run. I was a rule follower, but nobody else did. So, continued on trying to keep up as best I could without running, mind you. Get to the door. It slams in my face. I go through the window. It was a screen door. At that time, plexiglass was um, not something that was used a whole lot. But thank God in this case it was. I hit that plexiglass. It popped out, went the other direction. I was bent across the door as it swung back and forth, back and forth. I was trapped because I wasn't very tall. I was still stunned that I was hanging on this door. I'm not sure even if I could have reached that I could have gotten off of there until I got my wits about me. By the time I got my wits about me, my mother had snatched me up. Well, it could have been my father. I don't remember which one it was. But we had always been told not to be the kids that did something they weren't supposed to that got into trouble. And here I was, the one that broke the door. It was bad. And I'm swinging back and forth. I was snatched up. So not only did I fly across the door, 
I was humiliated. I was humiliated. I was embarrassed. I was the kid. I was the, I was the sibling. But then my mom made my sisters and me all go sit in the vehicle until they were ready to leave. Do you know what it's like to have your sisters hate you because you had them exiled to the vehicle because of your bad behavior? I still claim I was framed. I still believe <laughs> that if I had done like the others and had list, not listened, I wouldn't have been the one that went through the door. I would have been moving fast enough that the door wouldn't have closed on me. I would have been through it rather than in it. But let's kind of dissect this just a little bit. Little bit. In my child's mind, anyone who was in the front of that pack was not a rule follower. They didn't listen to others. They were bad. They were bad kids. And if you were all the way in the back, even if you were following the rules, you were going to go through the door. Yeah, the bad stuff was happening to you. Somehow I think I learned. Stay in the middle of the pack. Be average. Be average. And nothing bad will happen to you. Yeah, it fits, doesn't it? Right? This life I have right now, I'm staying in the middle of the pack. I'm, I'm afraid to speak up in meetings. I'm afraid to ask a question. Someone might tell me it's a stupid question. Or somebody might say, we just answered that question and you're not listening. I might be humiliated. I might be embarrassed. I might be exiled outside the meeting. People might talk about me, that I'm not professional, or that I'm not very smart. So, if I stay in the middle of the pack, I don't get noticed. I don't have an extraordinary life. But I'm not humiliated. Nobody talks about me. Could this memory, this childhood memory, which I didn't even realize had that output for me, be what caused it? I think we all have memories like this. I think we all have beliefs they got set from memories like this. It was emotional. It was traumatic, even though it really wasn't. If I had gotten hurt, maybe it would have been traumatic. But for me, it was traumatic. Could this set my life on its average course? It's possible. Beliefs are so powerful that people can, get, can take sugar pills and believe that it has cured them. It's called a placebo. We've all heard about it. All of the, the pharmaceutical companies, they run these blind, double-blind tests just to make sure that their product actually can cure what they say it does. They have so much problem with people believing or, that are so sure that a pill is going to help them that they'll take sugar pills and it will, he and it will heal them. The mind is powerful, and any belief that we have it can really impact the body. There are even people that when they read the, the side effect list on, on medications, they end up getting every side effect. That's how powerful our beliefs are. We can heal ourselves or make ourselves sick from it. Many of our decisions can be impacted by the beliefs that we have. As a matter of fact, the things that we see 
when I look into the world, I'm taking in so many things at one time. My brain analyzes the beliefs that I have and then filters everything I bring in based on those beliefs. So can I really trust what I see in the world? Perhaps not. I mean, if I believe that money is the root of all evil, I'm looking for ways that everybody who's rich was dishonest. Knocking out the fact that maybe the way that they got money is no different than somebody who was poor got money themselves. Just equal. But it's, it's different because of the way I believe. If I have a belief and then I go against that belief, isn't that like lying? If I tell somebody I believe something one way and then I go and take an action that betrays that, doesn't that make me a bad person? Going against our beliefs can make us feel like a fraud or an imposter. If I can take an action against my own belief, how can anyone trust me? How can I even believe that I'm the person that I say I am? Every day I deal with whether or not I'm an imposter. And I think that I am a lot of times because I want more than what I, what I put out there in the world. I think I'm supposed to be extraordinary. And I'm just ordinary. But I think I have a belief one belief says I'm ordinary or I need to be ordinary to be safe. And another belief says you must be extraordinary. Which one wins out? When we have a belief that is anchored by emotions, it's very difficult to change that belief. And most of our beliefs come from our childhood. Can you imagine? I mean, just like in my situation. When you're a little child... You're interpreting a situation from, from a child's mind and you have created a belief. A lot of times you, you have interpreted something to mean one thing and if you ask your parents about it, they never knew and it was definitely not what their intentions were. Relationships have been made and relationships have been destroyed based on beliefs. Have you ever seen a couple that seems oh, so in love? They're together, and then within, within months, maybe years, all of a sudden they hate each other. And then you start looking back into their past, and you remember the bad relationship they had with their boyfriend or their girlfriend. They used to say to you, all men are horrible. Women, they're dishonest. All they want is money. They're money grubbers. And then you start looking at once that relationship starts to crumble, sometimes it's back to those beliefs. I think it's important for us to realize that we can change our beliefs. Sometimes it's very difficult when we don't know what our belief is. We don't know what five-year-old me created back when I fell through a, a window, <laughs> fell through a screen door. So one of the things that I think is good for us to try is when we have something that we can't seem to get around or through, start asking yourself why. On the first why, really analyze it and then ask yourself, then why is that true? And keep asking yourself why until you're ready to cry. When you get to that emotional point of the why, you're probably at your belief. 
I went to a Tony Robbins seminar, UPW, and it was an amazing experience. Everything there was just, we were in a, an amazing state. I walked across hot coals. I didn't even know I wanted to. I didn't even realize that was something we had to do. And I don't know if we had to do it, but once I got there, I thought it was a must. You have to do this. But again, it was not something on my bucket list. I mean, who walks across hot coals, for gosh sakes? That was on our first day. We got there, and he told us what we needed to do to get into state, and it was all about a belief. Get in state, really get yourself there, pump yourself up, and then move, take action. So, late at night, we're all walking in this parking lot after, oh, it's probably getting to be 8 or 9 o'clock at night. It was a long day. We're all walking to this parking lot, and I'm thinking, it's probably not even real hot coals, right? I mean, can he take that chance? Can he really take a chance of somebody getting burned? Yeah, sue him. So I'm thinking, maybe it's not hot coals, but then I'm like, okay, well, what if it is? So I got to get in state, so I'm working, I'm working. And then, you know, since it was such a long walk and such a long wait, I talked with the people around me. We kind of relaxed, and as we got closer, I felt the heat. My belief all of a sudden came to the conclusion that it was real hot coals. And for one moment, I did not believe it was possible that I was walking on those hot coals. But I, was, I tried to calm myself down and said, okay, get yourself into state. They told you that they would let you get there. When you get up to the, the front of the line there and it's your turn to walk across, you pause, you take a deep breath, you get yourself in state, and then you walk. The closer I got, the hotter it felt. So I kept trying to hold myself and get myself to state. But I knew I had a moment when I got there. They, of course, no one would push you across. As I got up through the hot coals, I felt a hand on my back. I'm not sure if I was in state or not, but I started walking and I walked across hot coals. At the end of the walk, they had told us prior that we would have to get our feet rinsed because we wanted to make sure nothing stuck to us, which would cause us to get burned down the road. Down the road. Not down the road. At the end of this. I did not have any hot coals on my feet. When I got done walking across hot coals, I was exhilarated. I had walked across hot coals. It was amazing. I can't even explain to you the feeling of it. This, this was how we should feel every day. This is how our accomplishments should always make us feel. I knew that in that moment. And I wanted my life to be that way. One of the exercises to help us to change our beliefs when we were at this, Tony Robbins calls it the Dickens theory, the Dickens exercise. And basically what you do is you do a Christmas carol. You're like Ebenezer Scrooge. Instead of the ghost of Christmas past, you have the life, past life. You think about what your past life has done. What were the things that made you sad? What were the things that made you happy? What were the things that you, that you didn't want to continue forward? What beliefs were holding you back? Where did they grow? Where did they, dis- where did they start? It was difficult 
going back that far and realizing that I had that I had issues and thoughts and problems that were maybe going to impact my life. And then we moved on to present life. Just as the ghost talked to Ebenezer Scrooge about his current, his present life, I saw the pain of where I was today, or at least back then. I saw that pain. I felt that pain. I made sure I did because Tony Robbins walked us through it. He talked us through it. He told us what to look at, what to think about, and I could feel it. And then he walked us to the future. If we held these beliefs in check, if we kept these same beliefs, what would happen in our future? What would we miss out on? What, what horrible things would we create? I had tears run out of my face as I walked through this exercise. It was quiet in the room. It was dark. And you could hear the moans and sobs of everybody around. It was a very emotional and, and very impactful exercise. I thought when I left there that I would fix everything. If I could have kept that momentum going, no telling what life I would have today, right? It's a great exercise. I encourage you to try it. There's another exercise called Meeting Your Maker. And I think this one might be from Dean Graziosi. And here's how I go through this one. I think about this. I walk through the pearly gates, just because that's my, my image of heaven from my youngest recollection. I walk through the pearly gates. And when I get there, there's God. And God looks at me with those eyes saying, ah, so Kathy, tell me about your life. Tell me, how did you use the gifts? How did you use the talents that I gave you? What did you do? How did it go? And then I look at him and I say, um, I, was, I was average. You know, there were some people that I impacted I um, I raised my kids. I had a decent job. Um, my full potential, I probably never really reached it, but, but I did better than a lot of other people did. I was a pretty good, pretty good citizen. I was good. I helped the poor when I could, and um, I raised my kids right and had a decent job, you know, and, and then I retired in a decent home. I had, I had an average life. It was, it was okay. And then he would look at me and say, wait, what? But, but I gave you a lot of talents. I mean, you can write. Well, well, I did, God. I wrote some poetry and things like that. And I, wrote, I wrote a few articles and different things like that. I, I did eulogies and things like that for people that I love and that know me. And he said, oh, but why didn't you use them to do, why didn't you impact the whole world or at least a bigger piece of the world? I gave you those gifts to share. They were your talents. No one else had those talents. You know that, right? Well, God, I was scared. 
I um I I, I was afraid people would think I was an imposter. I was afraid that when I stepped up and people saw who I was, they wouldn't like me. I was I was afraid that you know, if I wrote something that people would ridicule me or people would tell me to sit down or go back to where I came from. So I just stayed quiet a lot. I, I used those gifts and talents sometimes around people that I knew loved me because, you know, they would tell me what I needed to hear. But, I mean, if you, if you want me to use them differently, I could, I could always try again. And then he would say, no, that was, that was it. That was your chance. That was your opportunity. And that's when I would realize I had failed. I had squandered my talents, my gifts. But what if I walked through those pearly gates and God said, okay, Kathy, tell me about your life. And I said, you're never going to believe this. Everything I wanted to do, I did it. You know, I failed a lot. I fell down. I got back up. I got hurt. I mean, sometimes, you know, you gave me a voice, so I sang. And people laughed at me and wanted to know why I sang so loud when I sang so horribly. And I just said, because I can. And I put myself out there. I, I went on adventures. I went to see things I'd never seen before. I created a bucket list. And I checked off everything. If I had an opinion, I put it out there. Even when it was wrong. When I was in meetings, everybody knew I was there because I asked questions. A lot of them thought they were stupid questions, but that was okay because I got the information that I needed. You gave me a heart, so I loved everybody that I possibly could. You gave me a voice, so I spread it wherever I could. I shared it with the world. Sometimes the things I would say were wrong. But it was okay. Even when I made mistakes, people forgave me and gave me second chances. And even when people didn't give me a second chance, I did not let it deter me. Sometimes I fell down, but I got back up again. Sometimes I lost, but I never lost sight that I could win. Every gift you gave me, I used it to its fullest. Every talent you shared, I shared with the world. And then God would look at me and say, that's what I expected. I knew that's what you do. Because you're not someone that just sits around and settles for whatever happens. You're someone that goes for the top you're someone that wants an extraordinary life. Is that going to be you? Which one of those will be you? Will you be the squanderer? Or will you be the one 
that grabs it all, that tells God the wondrous things you did, even though they weren't that spectacular. Dean also talked about our rocking chair. Think about sitting in your rocking chair someday. Sometimes you got two people sitting in a rocking chair, and one person's telling their tales and telling their stories about all that they did in this world. And there's another person talking about all the regrets, all of the guilt they have, all the people they let down. Which rocking chair do you want to be sitting in? I encourage you to think about your beliefs. If you don't know what they are, write new ones. Create mantras. When you get up in the morning, have something you tell yourself. Tape it up on the mirror in your bathroom. Tape it up on the refrigerator. Put it somewhere so that you can say it often. When you look in the mirror, you tell yourself how great you are. You tell yourself the belief that you want to be true. It may not be true today, but if you keep saying it and keep believing it, it will be tomorrow. You can change your belief. And with that change in belief, there will be a change in your life. And never, never underestimate the power of meditation. Meditation can clear your mind, clear your heart, and open your ears. Are you living the life you want? Is the life you are living in direct conflict with what you say that you want? If that is true, then the first place you should look at are your beliefs. Start digging into what your beliefs may be. Start asking why. Each, each answer that you come up with, ask yourself why you believe this. When the emotions flow, you may have reached your final why. You may have found your final belief. Life gives us clues to who and what we are. We are free to interpret those clues however we choose. There are no instructions on how to interpret them. No way to tell if we got it right or wrong. Some of your beliefs came from childhood, and most people have no idea how they interpreted an event and where or what made that belief come to be. Most of us never even reevaluate what we interpreted from those clues. We forget that they may have come from our childhood, and we've learned so much since then. We allow those interpretations to become our beliefs, and they have become our belief systems for which we live our lives. If your life is not where you want it to be, Start looking at what you truly believe. You might be surprised what you find. Only then can you change the belief. And then, without a doubt, you can change your life. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Until we meet again, my next episode, three, I will be interviewing my biggest hero. I hope that you will join me for Cattails. Thank you.